morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's uh, it's Friday, Friday, June third, and I'm I'm still trying to get adjusted to Eastern time, right? That's why I'm a little late, a little late. Been getting up later. I was on Pacific time for a week, right? And now everything's three hours late. I, my body goes. I don't know. I don't know why you get it. Oh, it's 10.50 or like, like, and it feels like it's like eight o'clock in the morning. So, so sorry about that. Uh, yesterday, uh, base, baseball, we, we, we talked about baseball yesterday. Of course, uh, I, I, I played the Mariners. I played the Orioles. They did great. Seven to six. I had the Rockies, whatever. Then the Braves just did everything and they were chalk. So I died. I died. Travis Darno killed me and everyone like that. So it, it was, it was good while it lasted. I was doing pretty well until the Braves actually the Braves truck actually actually worked out, uh, but uh, but yes, yeah, so that was yesterday's baseball. But today we talk about MMA. That's what we do on Fridays. That's why the thumbnail looks different, right? The red red thumbnail Mondays look cool. That's Monday has a different thumbnail. Friday is a different thumbnail, and uh, and if you want, I am now part of the the premium MMA team. I'm I'm not on the, I'm not on the graphic. They didn't put me on the graphic. Uh, yet. Let me go to the more sports right. and the MMA team, right? Right. Well, they put they put they put Mike. They put H three Buddha. They put Squirrel Patrol, right? Now, see, I'm oh okay. Well, I'm part of this graphic, right? Part of this, and then I'm also on the the grounded pound premium. It's the premium breakdown. Oh, I thought it said premium beatdown, but there I am. So. We, 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 we did what? last? Yeah, we recorded yesterday. So last night, that was what? An hour and 45 minutes. So Liam, Mike, they break down the fights. Me, I just come in and say, I don't I don't know what these people are, but here are the numbers. And this is a who, what's the efficient ownership? What's the line of construction going to look like? All that type of stuff, the DFS strategy related stuff. So if you want to sign up for Roto Grinders Premium, I mean, you can just sign up for MMA if you want, but I mean, I think you, you get the combo premium. You get everything. You get baseball. You use it for the basketball playoffs, right? Right. The Celtics came back last night. I heard about that, right? It'd be, you, you could use it for football when it comes around. MMA, golf, whatever. So sign up. Click that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. I'm also uh, part of the, the expert survey for MMA. I have to input my my stuff for there. But I mean, you'll, you'll hear some of my thoughts on on fridays on friday's dfs pregame show anyway but uh if you want to be part of uh now now that i'm part of the mma product you could sign up and get 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 more of my stuff there behind the paywall not much much of my stuff is behind the paywall but that is so the mma ground and pound premium podcast premium breakdown i thought it, it from the from the from far away it says premium beatdown that's what i thought it said i uh, know it says breakdown Premium. If you want to get a premium beatdown, right? If you want to get if you want to get your ass kicked, sign up for combo premium. Okay. Going through the YouTube chat. Uh, if you want to talk about baseball, right? Suki Singh, obviously here as early as possible. Talking about Braves chalk. I have no idea. I don't know what's going on about baseball today. I just woke up. I just woke up, and we're talking about MMA anyway, right? Uh, let's see. MMA Fridays, Metal Alloy 419 is excited. Kickstart's excited, right? Dad, Devin, Devin's in the chat. Yeah, we're looking. Yeah, the, the Baltimore, the Mariners, and the Orioles were doing great yesterday for me. Then the Braves had to show up. 
Okay. So let me turn this off. Let's go. Let's go over here. Uh, to to my to my trusty spreadsheet. It's a fourteen fight card. Okay, it's fourteen fight card tomorrow. Starts at one o'clock Eastern. Okay, I got to make sure I'm up early for this. Uh, so so make make sure you get your lineups in in time. This is this is an early card, but it's fourteen fights. The past couple of cards have only been like eleven. Okay, so understand on a fourteen fight card. I I mentioned it on the on the the ground and pound on the ground and pound premium podcast that on a fourth the the larger the card gets the more you should be focused on getting like ceiling ceilings okay it's very it's very very similar to to any other sport right on a on a 14 game mlb slate like if you're stacking a team that's worth five runs that's not good that's probably not good because there's so many other teams that could outscore that on a six game slate five-game MLB slate, maybe the highest-scoring team only puts up five, six, seven runs. So if you wanted to stack, you know, a team against whatever, it's like, ah, okay, they could do well. That's fine. But on a 14-game slate, we're probably not stacking teams that, you know, the Pirates against the good pitcher or something, you know, like really bad stacks. But it's very similar in, uh, in MMA. So, like, we have fights. For instance, like Damon Jackson, like he's going to be chalk, right? Damon Jackson, minus 145. Alonzo Menefield, minus 165 inside the distance. This uh, Fakradinadoff or whatever the hell his name is. Renat. Fak. Fak. Reddinoff. 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 I have to say that a million times. Like some of these guys with the Gravely, this Gravely Munoz fight, the the St. Denis Stolze fight, the Selecki the Selecki fight with what? Uh, Alex De Silva. We have Evloev. He's a heavy grappler. Like Blanchfield, Jackson, and Evloev, and even Fakradinov are grappling heavy. So, like, there's going to be a hundred. There's going to be a hundred plus point scoring on this slate. So, like playing, like for instance, the Herrig Kalvokevich fight, which is the most likely to go the distance. They don't grapple much at all. Probably standing up, like. People will say, oh, I'll play Calvin Cambridge at 7,900. If she scores 85 points in a win, that may be good for 7,900. Well, on a 10-fight slate, maybe that's true. But on a 14-fight card, that that may not, that, that, that won't be enough. That probably won't be enough. We're like on the low end. Like a lot of people say uh, for, for the low end fighters, they go, how much do you really need? If J.J. Aldris wins and wins with a 70-point decision, like that could be fine. Yeah, it could be fine if like multiple 9K fighters put up like 120 plus points. And the only way to fit them in is by having a $6,600 fighter. But if that doesn't happen, like it's quite possible that an 80, 90 point score from even like one of these low fighters may not even make the optimal. We saw like a couple of slates ago, Petrosky in the first fight, he put up 90, 92 points, right? Something like that. Uh he put up 92 points and uh and it was didn't even make the optimal. He made the winning lineup. Going through over here. Uh, okay. Going through this. Let me fix this. Hold on. I got I got my computer is weird. So I got tons of stuff in different places. 
Hold on, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fix this. I gotta fix. So let, let me, let me be back because I got windows that have just moved everywhere, and I'll be back in a moment. Got the technical difficulties. This is what ha- this is what happens. I come back. I come back from vacation, right? My, I got. I, I'm on the wrong time zone, right? My my computer has to do a re- restart, right? You always like, oh, we need to update the operating system with all these st- stuff that you don't even notice anything's changed, but it has to change all of your settings. For what I have a I have Windows uh, organization mode, and that's off, and now things moved around, and like, how do I get it back to the way it was? It's like, why do you do this to me? You re- and you restart in the middle of the night. Right, you restart in the middle of the night, you wake up, you sit down on your computer, and next thing you know, it's like, what happened to my computer? Why Why did you have to update? I don't need to update anymore. I don't want to update anything anymore. Never updating anything ever again. Okay, so what were we talking about? Okay, we're talking about <coughs> large MMA cards versus smaller MMA cards, okay? So just think logically, a 14-fight card, you're most likely going to need Six winners, the six highest scoring winners, most likely. The, the, the only chance that uh, a top six scoring winner wouldn't make the optimal lineup is if it's impossible due to salary to fit all six in. So if Blanchfield scores 150, like I'm just using example, like exaggerative examples. If Blanchfield, for instance, so we go here, like let's say Blanchfield puts up 150. Damon Jackson puts up 150, like a ton. Evloev, you know, crushes, right? Like these three. And let's say uh, Fact Red, Fact, whatever his name is, Fact Red it off, he puts up 120. Well, these four, I mean, you can't fit two more fighters in this for 6150 each. No, they, they, you can't. You're not able to. So if these four were the highest, four of the top six, then a top six fighter would not make it into the optimal lineup. But let's say the top three, let's say the three most expensive fighters crush, right? Well, the only way you could fit these guys in, right? 7167 is the average remaining salary. So there's there's a combination of three of the bottom couple of fighters that you'd have to put it in. So it's quite possible that let's say, for instance, well, you're not gonna play Blanchfield Jackson, Evloev's opponents, so you put Mikolitis, right? Seventy-two fifty. Mikolitis, Almeida. I mean, there's not many combinations. You probably shouldn't be playing all three of them together. There aren't aren't that many combinations of the other remaining three fighters. So, like, in the case where Blanchfield, Jackson, and Evlo have put up hundred and fifty plus points, which is probably unlikely. Uh. A low score from like Mikolitis at 68 points could possibly make the optimal lineup. So like the for the low lower price fighters just making value relies more on on if they make the optimal on the high price fighters than they do themselves. Now obviously if the low price fighters put up 120, right, they're most likely optimal, right? Okay, because of their price, because every other fighter has to beat them at that point. But these low price fighters don't get in the mindset. Too many people get in the mindset of making value. That's like a cash mentality. For GPPs, you have to think in terms of, I, I in MMA, my goal 
If you just set your goal, MMA, I want 100 points from all my fighters. Can I get 100 points plus from all my fighters? Now, a lot of times you need more than that. A lot of times you need 110 on average, right? Sometimes the winning score, 725 is the nuts, right? You see very big scores on slates, especially with the, when there's more fights. 14 fights on the card versus 11 versus 10, right? So don't get in the habit of what do I need, right? So I like I take a look at the main event t- uh, tomorrow, okay? The main event tomorrow is Alexander Volkov versus Jerzinho Jer- Jer- Rosenstruck, okay? Volkov, he's a, I mean, this is a heavyweight, this is a low pace heavyweight fight, okay? Volkov is not necessarily really a finisher. He's the, he's the better skilled fighter. But most likely, if, if he wins, it'll be a decision, right? Most likely. Rosenstruck is a power puncher. Think of Derek Lewis, like that type of fighter. Uh, he's more likely to get a knockout, but he's not, he's not high. These guys aren't high volume. Volkov's higher volume than Rosenstruck, but Rosenstruck isn't high volume at all. Rosenstruck could go an entire round and only throw five, five strikes, right? He's that type of fighter. Okay, so at 8,600 and 7,600, okay, we're kind of in the mid-range for for price point. Now, if this was a 10-fight card, I'd be I'd be more likely to prioritize this fight because, I mean, that, there's only 10 fights to choose from. This is the only fight that goes five rounds. So it's like, okay, well, Rosenstruck, even if he went, if, if he goes five rounds, he probably loses the decision in five rounds, but let's say he doesn't. Rosenstruck may only score, I mean, without knockdowns or anything, Rosenstruck may only land 10 punches around, maybe. Maybe he only scores five points around because he's very low volume. Five points around, that's five. Five times five is 25, and he wins with the decision. That's 55 points, right? Let's say he gets 10 points around for five rounds. What's that with the win if he wins a decision? That's 80 points, okay? Now, obviously, if Rosenstruck knocks Volkov out in the first round, that's 100-plus points. But let's say Rosenstruck knocks out Volkov in the third round, okay? Right, he knocks him out, but, I mean, he only gets 10 points for the first round, maybe, and that's high, right? I would think more like five. But let's say 10 points in the first round, 10 points in the second round on just, you know, strikes. He's not wrestling, right? So that's 20. Then the third round... He, he gets another 10 points, right? Third round, that's 30 points. Then And the knockdown, because he's going to knock him out, that's 40 points, plus the 45 points for the, the bonus for winning in the third round. That's 85 points, okay? Now, at 7,600, that's good, right? You're, you'd be happy with 85 points on average for a $7,600 fighter. But is it going to be good enough on this slate on 14 fights to make the optimal lineup? Maybe not. There's 13 other fights on this slate. And there, there's some fights that uh, don't look to go the distance, even in three rounds. Then you look at Volkov. Like, look, if he goes five rounds, 10 points a round, and gets a decision, that's, what, 80 points. No knockdowns or whatever. If he, if Yes. In the first or second round, right, then, then, we, then we kind of flirt with 100 points. But what past, past the second round, and probably past the first round, neither of these fighters 
are likely to get 100 points. I, I don't unless Volkov mixes in some grappling, which against Rosenstruck, I guess he could. I mean, he's not known for that, but he could just stay on the outside and just pick him apart. This main event doesn't 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 look like the winner's going to score 100 points unless there's a first round knockout. So with the amount of ownership that's going towards <coughs> the five rounder, I'm going to be very very light on it on a 14 fight card. This would be different if it was a 10 if it's a 10 fight card, I'd be like, okay, now did you have to get you have to get some you got to get some of these people, right? You need six winners out of the 10 fights. Then now you have 14 fights. So people would rather play Volkov than play some than Ode Osborne or Joe Selecki or even Molino and Molina and Trezano. It's like compared to the ownership, it's like I, I'm not that scared of the main event. Outside the first round, right? Out, outside of the first round, especially for Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck is, go, is going to be, I mean, I suspect based on this and just simply, uh, you know, logic, it's going to be the, the highest owned underdog. The highest owned underdog, I think the, the ownership on the underdog is going to be Rosenstruck one, Munoz two, De Silva three. And I don't know what's going on with Moskarov. Askar Moskarov is facing Menafield. That's going to be a very popular fight. The Menefield Moskarov fight, that's the fight that's least likely to go the distance, right? Most likely to end in the first round. And uh, Menefield's line has has shot up uh, that we now that we learned that Askar Moskarov like fudged his record. Uh, so he like he started at like twenty seven and five or something, and now he's nineteen and twelve. Apparently, people looked into it, and his record on the regional scene or whatever the hell he's been fighting. Uh, some of the fights didn't exist. Some of the fights just simply didn't exist. And some of the fights that supposedly he won, he lost. Uh, does that change his skill set? No. So, but I mean, the Bennett, he's not as, on paper, he's not as good of a fighter as uh, as originally thought. So the line has, has moved significantly in Menafield's favor. But Moskarov, it's, I mean, he, he's fought before. And he's, he's more of like a round one or bust type of, you know, not, he's either going to knock you out or he's going to get his, he's going to get knocked. So I'm not sure what his ownership's going to be. He should be a decently owned underdog for his round one knockout potential. I don't know if he's going to be 26% owned, but I know it's going to come down. I know this Menafield ownership, this 30% is going to be 40%. And I just don't know how that's going to affect Askar Moskarov. I think it's more likely that some of this ownership on Moskarov goes to Munoz, goes to De Silva, maybe goes to some Zuma Gulov, like something like, like Zuma Gulov will be a, a little like the, the fourth most owned dog on the slate. No one's going to, no one wants to play Jeff Molina. Like Jeff Molina and Michael Trezano are going to be the low owned players in, in the nine plus K range. Okay. So if we go to my, my sheet, I put in the, the RG ownership projection, whatever. And I also put in this. Now some of the odds have changed. I updated this uh, late last night. Because we can see here that the Menafield line really moved. I, I'm, what I try to do is based on salary. So I put in the projection here. So this is the RG projection. And this is the RG ownership. But I, based on the RG projection, or based on whatever projections I put in here and whatever ownership and everything that I put in here, because I aggregate from a crowd, uh, around the industry, to try to come up what, with what, if I take this away, for instance, and take that away. 
So I'm going to tr try to come up. What's what's the efficient ownership? Approximately, approximately the efficient ownership based on the betting lines, based on everything. Now, in a perfect world, the salaries would be efficient, right? The salaries would be efficient and the ownership would be efficient. So these this rating should go down at like a scale, right? So it should start at like around one and end at around a half or even like 0.6 actually, right? Because it's not, it's 9,500, 9,600 to 6,600. It's like a 40% drop, okay? So what I try to do is that I try to, within, you need 600% ownership in total. And then you put that in and you try to, make it so you're getting so if i put this down to 18 see now this that comes up to 103 right 44 something like that right try to scale it down 43 and obviously the higher i put in the ownership on a fighter the lower the rating gets because the rating is comparing it to the ownership right so if we put in we want the highest priced fighter to have the highest rating and the lowest price fighter have the lowest rating and then scale it accordingly. So the fighter above it should have a higher rating than the one below it. And then you try to get the equal 600 total. So that's what I tried doing. Now, obviously I updated it yesterday. So some of these numbers will change a little, but we go here, 11, 0 0.55, 0 0.56, 0 0.60, 0 0.62, 0.69. It's a little too high. So we raise Almeida's ownership to kind of, get within the scale let's go to 19 maybe something like that 19 this is 0 0.67 0 0.67 lower the ownership there to 0 0.69 0 0.70 i guess you can see what i'm doing okay so 0 0.67 too low so lower the ownership so it's now a little bit higher 0 0.72 0 0.70 0 0.7 point where am i going 0.22 Rosenstruck, I have to raise a little, so I have to lower his ownership. Yeah, that looks good. All right, just on the scale, right? So I'm going up. 74, 75, 78, 80, 79. So he's going to drop this Karina Silva's ownership down a little. Maybe 21, just to get within the scale. Herrig. Up a little, down a little here to get up to 84. 88 is a little too high for Gravely. So I have to raise his ownership so that number comes down. All right, you'll see what I'm doing here. Benoit Saint-Denis, 28, 27. What does 27 look like? That's to come down a bit. 91. I'm kind of adjusting. I mean, this is this is blunt, this is a blunt methodology. There's, there's no there's no science to this whatsoever. 20, okay, this, this is looking decently enough. 24, is it close? Am I close, Joe Selecki? Do I have to bump down? 21, it's something like this. I'll fix it a little bit later. But this only comes out to 584, so you'd have to find a way to bump this up, right? Just make it so that all the fighters have a very similar, like, point per dollar for the, the rating. Right. And that that is what you can you could bluntly use as what like efficient ownership is. Right. 
Now, obviously, the more scientific way to do this is to you're running simulations, right? You're running combinations. What lineups go together with what lineups, right? 50, how many 50K lineups are in the contest? How many 49.9K lineups? How many? What's the duplication factor of every lineup? Like that, that takes a lot more and more computer power, a lot more programming skill to do that. Me, I do it the blunt way, right? So looking through this, right? I look at the efficient ownership. You could you could do this yourself. The efficient ownership versus what the actual ownership is going to be. Right. So what what is our projected ownership? If we go here, I'll grab it. Like made a copy. So I'll put this in here, paste. Right. And I even put this in this column. This is my own personal ownership that I haven't done yet. But just to show the disparity. So we project Blanchfield to be 31% owned. Her efficient ownership should be 18 based on based on based on these betting lines and rates. Okay. Now is she going to be 31%? I don't think so. I think she'll end up being like more like 24%, but still probably overowned. Right. Damon Jackson, efficient ownership, 44%. We even projected 41. So even though he's the highest owned, projected owned fighter, he's at 41% based on this, he will be under owned. Right, Evloev is about efficiently owned. Fakradinov is a little slightly overowned based on our projected ownership. Like Trezano, for instance, Trezano is going to be underowned, but I mean he's. We haven't projected to twelve percent. He should be seventeen. I mean, should he be forty? No. Trezano is Trezano and Molina are not very likely to have a hundred points, but you never know. They could knock someone out. It could happen. So this is what I do. This, I mean, this is this is the this is this is what this sheet does, essentially. Because people uh, send me DMs of like, hey, can you can you share your sheet, right? But like, number one, I can't give you the exact formulas, or you'll have the exact numbers, which means then you'll end up having my exact lineups. And in a in a large field GPP, I don't want, I don't need duplication. You're more likely to get to my my lineups just by just by who I'm under and who I'm over on, right? And just doing this process, you'll you'll get to the same place. There are plenty of people that play MMA that you that have adopted my methodology. And typically when I'm like, I'm playing 150 lineups and I'm going to be over the field on Nicholas Stolze, most likely they are also, right? Like, like you come to the same place. This is not complicated to do. You're essentially using the betting lines and using some projection source from just a, a baseline median projection to come up with and compare to what the projected ownership of players is. And if a, play, if, if a fighter is under-owned, you'll have more of them. If a fighter is over-owned, you'll have less of them. So if we take, take a look here, if I take away the efficient ownership, just based on Roto-Grinder's ownership, we could see here, we just based it on this. Obviously, I do my own. You'll see, you'll see the rating change and these colors change. So you'll see here, based on this, the most, oh, the most underowned fighters are going to be highlighted in green, right? Michael Trezano at twelve percent, because he should be seventeen. Menafield at thirty percent, because he should be forty. I think he's going to be more closer to forty, right? We have that. We, I mean, even even Joe Selecki is a little underowned for his price. And then we go down to the bottom. It's like, okay, Mikolitis. Underowned. Well, even Argu Argoetta and Aldrich are underowned. I mean, they're very low probability. 
They shouldn't be five and six percent owned. They should be more like eight to ten percent owned. We have Stolze, underowned, right? I mean, you can see it right here, underowned, and let's see, uh, Botelio maybe underowned by a little bit. We go here, Adeshev, uh, barely, just based on color. Who's overowned? Blanchfield, overowned, right? In comparison to other fighters, Volkov, heavily overowned. Right, St. Denis looks pretty in comparison to fighters underneath them, overowned. Kavlakevich overowned. Munoz over well, Munoz not as bad. But then we get down to some 69, 67, 63. Alex De Silva at 23%. Very overowned. Dan Ige at eleven percent would be overowned. Right? You could just do this. Now, is that the the best projected ownership? Not necessarily. It's better than nothing. The RG projected ownership, which you can get as part of uh, the combo premium. So sign up, click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. It's just one of my sources. And also, I just listen to stuff around the industry and I could see, like, okay, Blanchfield's not going to be 31% owned. She's going to be more like 24, right? Damon Jackson's going to be more like 44. Evloev's is going to be more like 20, right? You get, and that, that's, that's, my, that's my JC column here in the projected ownership which is weighted like at 40% in comparison to the other sources. So I've not filled that out yet. I still, I still have more stuff to listen to and read. Like I said, there's not that much MMA content, but uh, I, I like seeing what, what people are saying across the industry and that kind of skews things. Because projections don't matter as much, but I also look at multiple projection sources and I'll run that through lineup HQ. I'll roll multiple projection sources through lineup HQ and go who's coming up more than others, just based on their median projection. Should you be playing MMA that way? Probably not, but people do. So I'll, I'll grab a projection source. I'll go, I'll go, I mean, I could do this with the, the RG projections right now. If you're just going to go simply based on median, on medians, which I don't think you should even bother doing in MMA. We could do that right now, right? So most people are going to use 49.5 plus. Okay, right. I'm I'm not, but most people forty nine five plus, right? One unit at three hundred. Let's good. Let's put it on one hundred and fifty. No range of outcomes. Whatever. Everything's fine. Now I can't appear in the same lineup, and just based on median lineups, let's 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 see what shows up. Now I have to modify my player pool by putting in zeros. So if you just went by median projections. And he played 150 lineups that one unique, right? He just said, oh, I just want to play as much as the, be the best plays possible. What do your lineups look like? Because this will affect ownership. You can't say that some, some fighter is going to be 30 plus percent owned and then shows up in 2% of lineups when you run 150. Right? So like, look, Damon Jackson, Rosenstruck, Zuma Guloff, Menafield, Saint Denis, right? You take you take a look. You take a look through this. This is just based on median, median outcome. That's why, like Stolze, you barely get him. Yet I'm gonna have a lot of him. Right. So who's not here? Like here we go. Fact, 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 Renadinoff or whatever his name is, thirty-one percent. Oh look, Blanchfield. Blanchfield's you're only getting ten percent of Blanchfield. Because Jackson obviously has a better projection than Blanchfield. That's why Blanchfield's uh, ownership of 31% seems high. Right? Yeah, I know 
Molina is going to be lower. I know Trezano is going to be lower. But Selecki, is he really going to be 20-something percent owned? Maybe not. Maybe he's going to be more like 16% owned. And you look towards the top, and it's like, is Zuma Gulov going to be 21% owned or more like 26% owned? Right, because I look here and I go, where's Moskarov? Moskarov isn't even here in the top 150 lineups, if you go by median. Yeah, because his median probably sucks because he's a round one or bust type of guy. Right, he's either going to put up 100 points in the first round or get killed. So his median is going to be pretty low. He doesn't show up that much. So maybe he's not going to be 26% down. Maybe he's going to be more like 18% down. You could do that. You could do, I mean, just do this with other projection sources also. Because people are going to play it that way. They're going to, they, people are going to come to, to, to MMA DFS and try to play it like NBA DFS by looking at, at, at median projections, not realizing that like none of these guys score these, these points. When does Menefield put up 69 points? Like when? That, that, is that even a part of his range of outputs? Menefield is either going to put up 90 plus or he's going to get killed himself. It's going to be one of the two. He's not scoring 60. This fight's likely not going to go three rounds. And even in a decision, he probably scores more than that. So like when does he score 69 points? Johnny Munoz, 58. I guess that, that's all. He's a wrestler. So it's a little bit more of a likely outcome. But some of these guys, like when 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 do they score these points? Lucas Almeida, forty-seven points. When does he score forty-seven points in a fight? He's probably gonna. He's either gonna knock out Trezano in the in the beginning, or he's gonna score like twenty-eight points in a loss. He's he's rarely ever gonna score forty-seven points. That's why you can't use these medians as as it means something. You need the whole range of outcomes. So like that's why that's why I replace the medians with my ratings. I think it's more more likely that you'd be using ownership to build your lineups than the but the actual median projections, right? You replace you replace the FPTS column with the ownership column, and then you just say I don't want the highest the, the ownership sum lineups. I want the lowest ownership sum lineups. That seems more more usable. I just want to, get, to show you a little bit behind the scenes, the process, because you could build this type of sheet yourself. This isn't this isn't this isn't rocket science. This is it's seriously, it's seriously not. This type of sheet that I built. I mean, look. Obviously, you have the names of the fighters and the salaries, right? You have the win odds, money line odds, the inside the distance odds, and the round one odds. Okay, you could get that from Best Fight Odds, right? FightOdds.io. You could get that from anywhere. Get it. Get it from whatever whatever sports book you want to. Doesn't matter, right? then the P's are the probabilities. So they're basically converting that number into a percentage. That's all that is. Well, how do I do that? Well, I mean, you can just uh, Google, you can Google the formula, right? Google the Excel formula to convert money line pro- to an implied probability. You, you can just Google it, right? It's, it, I mean, not that hard in Excel, but you, you can Google it. And you put that in. So you turn that into percentage. Then you have a notes column which you don't need, but I just, you know, five round, heavyweight, women's fight, whatever. Then you have ownerships, right? For whatever sources you want, it's just one, whatever, your own, doesn't matter. And then a column to average all of those or weight them in whatever way you want. So you get one number. And then you have the projections, right? So RG projections here. Two other projection sources there. Here's the average. Here's another metric that I use. 
then these numbers over here, these red, you know, the win, win, win leverage, ITD leverage, round one leverage, all, of, all that is, is, is dividing that number, this probability by the ownership number. That's it. That's all that is. There's nothing special about that. And then this rating is a mix of all of these numbers, the leverage numbers, the project average projection, this OFI number, in some amount of weighting to get that number. Now, what, what the exact weighting is, I change on a slate-to-slate slate basis because depending on the size of the slate, it, it, the weighting mat, that like, I don't care that on a 14-fight card, I don't, I, don't, I don't care if people win fights. 78 points from Jeff Molina winning a fight doesn't do me any good. Now, on a 10-11 fight card, the winning, winning, just simply winning means more, right? So on larger cards, I'm going to weight round one finishing potential much higher than on smaller cards where if you just get six winning fighters, you're pretty fucked. But whatever weight you want to do, do it. But that's all that is. Then this, this is what I put in action after. This is actual ownership. So the, essentially, once, once the slate locks, I see what the actual ownership, and I put the actual ownership here, and I make the rating calculation again. What the actual rating goes based on, you know, everything's based on projected ownership. So this will show me like where I was wrong on ownership. So it's like if Blanchfield, uh, you know, if I had the ownership on Blanchfield at 24% and she came in at 14%, her rating should have been way high and I probably should have more. So that's the type of thing that will show that. And Kickstart says no audio or just me. I'm not, I, I don't know. I've, I've seen, I've seen no complaints. Steve has uh, told me everything's fine. We're almost done anyway. Kind of a mess of a show, right? Late technical difficulties, right? My window's moving around all over the place. Okay, but I mean, if you have any questions in the chat, in the YouTube chat about the MMA slate. And this is this is the free MMA content for you. You should play this late. This is a, this is it's one o'clock in the afternoon. You don't have to you don't have to stay up very late, right? And everything will be over by seven seven ish, something like that. I'm not used to that. And is it? It's I mean, this is in Vegas, right? Are they did they go to Europe? I have no idea. It doesn't matter. But but that's what this sheet is. Like people act like I'm I'm putting together you know some type of complex thing like that's all this is and then i use these ratings in the fantasy points column in lineup hq because they oh are they already factor in the ownership so it allows me to see what the highest leverage lineups are so for instance let, let me let me show you like based on these numbers right now right obviously they're going to change so i only have one source in an episode so i'm gonna i'm gonna download this comma separated values, right? I'm going to download it. MMA odd sheet. So I'm going to show you what happens when you put it in as, as the rating. So let me open this up. I got to change the name of the column because the rating column needs to change to FPTS. And my computer's running slow. Okay, there we go. Only because I didn't have Excel up previously. 
And that's what happens when your computer restarts and everything, then everything gets thrown off. Okay, so I'm gonna change that rating column to FPTS and save. And then I'm gonna import that into here. All right, so get rid of my old one, confirm remove, confirm remove. And you can upload as many as you want. You can upload different sources, right? You can weight them differently. And I'm gonna upload this right here. I'm just gonna put in my custom projection, fair use for fantasy. So there you go. The ownership still stays the same. I mean, I could I could change that column also. So now, based on these these numbers that I currently have on my sheet, which are which is not done yet, right? It's just I want to highlight the fact that this may not end up this way as far as numbers wise. So based on this, based on price, I'm gonna get Trezano. Like, what what would be the highest leverage lineup? Okay, if we wanted to find that out. Well, who are the five highest leverage lineups? So we're going to room the salary down to whatever, right? Let's, let's do five lineups. Five lineups, one unique player, doesn't matter. No stacking. So based on that rating on the sheet that we currently have, the highest leverage lineup is Trezano, Menafield, Jackson, Selecki, Mikolitis, Aldridge. Total 5.83. The highest leverage lineup, right? It's probably gonna have Trezano and Menafield, right? Here's another one, right? Because it's just like the highest rating. How do you fit in the most amount of rating into one lineup? I mean, that's kind of what lineup HQ does. It's a knapsack problem. But instead of using fantasy points and median fantasy points, it's using my rating number. So I know that the higher the rating. So for instance, if I were to build, uh. Lineup like, uh, let's see, let's go to a low rated. If I put this, if I put this in on the sidebar, this should come in. Okay, 0.85. Okay, good. We get this. So let's say I put in this and some low rated guys. Volkov with 7,600 remaining. 63. 8,600. Let's see. We have anyone for Saint Denis? Okay, so this lineup on the side, forty nine nine. Rating total rating is four point five seven. Now compare that to these lineups, right? This lineup would would be low leverage, right? I'm playing all the I'm playing all these fighters in in the lineup that I have is over owned. These are under owned in total. Doesn't mean this is a bad lineup. Just means for leverage purposes, this lineup over here at 5.83 total is much higher leverage than 5.4.57. Probably I don't even get down to these leverages. It's the type of thing. If I'm going to play over-owned fighters in my lineup, let's say I did want to play. Like who are the most over-owned fighters that I have on my sheet right now, which may not end up that way. Right, Blanchfield, 0.85. Blanchfield and Volkov. But it doesn't mean I can't make Blanchfield Volkov lineups, right? So if I lock in Volkov and I lock in Blanchfield, in order for me to get a high high rating, it's going to jam in the higher, it's probably going to get Menafield, right? I'm going to make up for the lack of leverage with the other fighters. So here's 5.39. 
right? So I have to play an 8% owned Michaelitis and a 5% owned Argueta against Jackson in order to make up and play Trezano at 12% and get to 5.39. So that's what my rating is doing. It's not telling me who the best fighters are. It's not. It's telling me who are the fighters that are over-owned and who are the fighters that are under-owned. And what, typically you're going to play more of the under-owned fighters. But it makes sure that it balances out my lineups. So if I do have Blanchfield in a lineup, it's with lower owned. If I have a, if I have an over-owned fighter in the lineup, I need to get even more under-owned stuff in there. And that's, and that's what lineup HQ will do for me if I put the rating, which already accounts for ownership, into the fantasy points column. So that's what I'm doing. People, a lot of people have, have DM'd me and said, oh, you like this guy and you like that guy. They're, oh, your model tells you that, that Stolze is going to do well. Not, my model doesn't say anything about the results of any type of fight. doesn't say who's going to do good or not. This has nothing to do with this whatsoever. All this is doing is based on the betting lines and projections. Who's over-owned and under? That's it. For their probability. That's it. That's all it does. So when I say that on the expert survey that J- Damon Jackson is my overall top play on the slate, yeah, well, he's the biggest favorite. He's the second highest ITD line. He's he's facing he's facing a, a, a guy that's uh, on a late replacement, making his UFC debut, and his projected ownership is forty one percent. And I have him that he should be higher than that. So even though he's the chalk, he's he's the highest owned player. He probably should be a slightly higher than that. So like there. He's the top player. Do I know if he's going to win? Well, he's going to win, what, 87% of the time. <laughs> That's all I know. He's going to win inside the distance 59%. Well, is that going to happen tomorrow? I don't know. Based on these odds, he should be slightly higher than 41%, right? And then based on these odds, Volkov should, should not be 32%. Based on these odds, Rosenstruck shouldn't be 38%. He should be 30%, but he shouldn't be 38%, right? But it's like, oh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be probably be under on Rosenstruck tomorrow. Does that mean I he can't go and knock knock someone out in the first round? No, I, I, I'm. It doesn't happen enough of the time that he should be 38 percent on. But you tell me Rosenstruck is gonna be 14 percent on tomorrow, and I'll have a ton of them. So this sheet does not have anything to do with like who's what, what's gonna happen. It's not predicting anything. Josh Shocks in the, the YouTube chat says, I need to win a Millie Maker so I can become the third largest exotic animal exporter in the Western world. That seems like a weird goal. The third large, not the largest, right? With a million, you couldn't be the largest, the third largest. Why? I, 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 I hope he's joking. I hope he's joking. Well, there's no Millie Makers in MMA. There was during COVID. There was like one or two. Because no, because there was nothing else going on, and everyone was just going to play whatever is available. But to give you a little breakdown into the process. You can build your own process just like this in MMA. This is not just this is, this is it's not hard. Trust me, it's not hard. You're still, you're still going by DFS fundamentals of probability versus payout, expected value, right? It's the type of stuff that I talk about. In the theory of daily fantasy sports. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. You can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. It's, it applies to any sport, right? So all this, this concept that I'm using in MMA applies to baseball, applies to football, applies to anything. 
Now, it's easier to apply. It's easier to break down for MMA because, well, we have 28 fighters and there's no fight-to-fight correlation. And the negative correlation is easy. Don't play two fighters from the same fight, right? One wins, the other doesn't. It's, it's, it's easy. You could, do, you could do the same process in golf. But no correlation, very limited. Obviously, there's weather waves and stuff like that. But also, there's also 156 golfers. Good luck making a spreadsheet with 156 golfers and do it manually like this. You can. You can. And then once you get to baseball and basketball and football, the team sports, it's not as binary. But it's the, the concept still applies. What is the probability of X? How much do you get paid for that? And is the field off from that dynamic? That, that, is, that is the fundamental concept of all of DFS. It's a lot of obfuscation, obfuscation inside of like lineups and correlation. I mean, there's 50 variables involved. That's essentially what you're doing. Is this, I'm going to build a lineup. Your goal is to build a lineup that has a higher chance of winning first place or whatever than other lineups in the contest, right? That's it. Just the probability. And then you're getting paid more than you should on that line. Even it may not happen that often. You're doing the same in MMA. You're doing the same in any sport. So click on that, uh, click on the thumbs up button, right? Thumbs up or thumbs down because of the technical difficulties and the lateness. I think the YouTube algorithm doesn't care if it's a bunch of thumbs downs, right? But thumbs up if you can, right? Show you some stuff, MMA stuff. Sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. You'll, you'll hear, if you want more, we did an hour and 45 minutes on the Ground in Town podcast. Uh, there's a video. I don't even know if you need the video, but you could get it through the RG app on your phone, or you could watch it on, on, on the website. We went through that. The expert survey for MMA should be coming out today at some point. Uh, H3 Buddha, Mike, has a, has a breakdown article coming out today. So we have all the MMA stuff for you, and I'll be doing this for every card, right? It's not, it's not just a one-time thing. So if you sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium, click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. I'll be there. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be part of the MMA team. And it's, I, don't, I don't do much premium. I've rarely done premium content at RG. Most of my stuff is free. Right? A lot of people say my stuff shouldn't be free, but it is. But that's, that's, that's behind the paywall. Uh, but as, as always on Fridays, I will be talking about MMA. Mondays is always like general day, get James Bakul on. And then Tuesday through Thursday is whatever the hell's going on, right? Baseball, football, basketball, whatever happens to be going on. So that, that's, what, that's what we're doing now. If you, if you came here, right, after, especially after my vacation, and you're like, well, I don't know what the hell's going on. Why aren't you talking about baseball? Fridays are MMA now. So we're kind of promoting that. Then MMA over the past two years, I've gotten, you know, Good prize pools, 100K to first, 100K to first, 100K to first. It used to be, people tell me like four or five years ago, it was 30K, 20K to first. Then they, finally they were getting up to 50K. It's like, oh, it is bringing Now it's like consistently 100K to first most weeks. And on the, the, the pay-per-view cards, it's 150 or 200,000 to first. So MMA is picking up and, uh, and it's not that difficult to play. Like if you want to play a large field GPP, if you want to play single entry even to build a lineup, well, you could use Roto-Grinders Premium and just look at the expert survey, look at some of the projections and ownership, do a little bit, look at best fight odds and do a little like my sheet is, not even that complex, and go, okay, and build a lineup. Like 30 minutes, you could build a lineup. 
five minutes you can build a build. Hey, as long as you're not stacking fighters and you're using like 49.5 plus of your salary and you're playing smaller field stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can pick anyone you want pretty much, right? So it's not that hard. It's not that hard to play MMA. So click on that thumbs up button. Click on the subscribe button if you're new here. Click on the notification bell to know when we go live. We got Grinders Live later today. Grinders Live. They'll be talking about the MLB slate. Wait, wait, 12, 12 games slate tonight. 12 games slate. Crunch time is directly after that, which is free all season to you. Presented by FanDuel. Uh, live locks, Grant show on the uh, on the Sports and Odds channel. There's also a special uh, FanDuel strategy video that we come out with uh, for for premium members, I believe, uh, on on Fridays. And uh, and well, we got playoff content, right? I don't think they're not playing tonight, right? I think tomorrow, right? The Warriors, Celtics, and then they're putting out big contests, wasn't there? Like a million maker yesterday. I mean, what didn't win a million? I think first place split, and it was like thirty two thousand or per or whatever. So if you we got playoff stuff. We got all the stuff you want here at Roto Grinders, and uh, and I'll, I'll I'll see you. Have a have a good weekend. Have a good MMA card. Don't dupe me if you can. Don't dupe me, and I will see you on Monday to answer your DFS strategy questions like I always do on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com. <laughs>